Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm here with a special guest, director, filmmaker, Kevin Miller. Thanks for joining us today. That's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, since we're talking here in these um, difficult times, I just wanted to check in with you kind of person to person before we talk about your fantastic documentary, JES USA, and just see how you're doing. Well, thank you. I, I'm glad you appreciate the film. Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I kind of joke uh, because I work from home uh, and uh, I have uh, my wife and four kids and we're all fairly introverted people. We don't have a problem spending time on our own or spending time as a family. So we've, we've adapted well. But I can't, uh, you know, deny the fact that we've also faced some stress. My my wife's mother is in a long-term care home, and her husband and my father-in-law has been unable to visit her. So he has to go to her window every day and just talk to her through the window. And, and uh, yeah, so there's definitely some stress around that. But we're fortunate we're in an area where, uh, even though we're all practicing social distancing and that sort of thing, um, we've yet to have any COVID-19 cases. So that's a good thing. Oh, well, I'm glad to hear that, and I wish your uh, uh, family the best. It's a poignant scene to Thanks. think of connecting through a window only. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, of course, my father-in-law is not the only one who's in that situation. I think, you know, the people in the long-term care homes are, you know, some of the people who are really paying the highest price for this in terms of, um, you know, the actual physical threat to them, but also just the social distancing Um it's, uh, they're already struggling, you know, with loneliness and that sort of thing. So this only makes it worse. Absolutely. Well, um, the film that is um, the topic of our conversation it has a special connection to the um, Adventist audience in that um, the team that you worked with uh, um is connected to Adventist Forum, uh, at least partly, and uh, the the issues that you raise in this film, I think, uh, connect to a part of Adventism, the idea of separation of church and state um, that's really core to um, our uh, understanding of our uh, worship practices. So let's jump into this. How uh, Do you mind just talking a little bit about the kind of basic idea of how this explores Christian uh, connections to American nationalism? Yeah, so the documentary, GES USA, it, it actually started out, uh, our initial working title for the film was called The Silence of the Lamb. Oh, Thank nice. Not The Silence of the Lamb. And the idea behind that was, why has the Lamb of God been silent? Um, uh, we, we tend to see the lion roaring a lot, especially amongst evangelical Christianity. Uh, and it's an odd phenomenon in America, and particularly, in particular that evangelical Christians tend to be some of the first people to, to uh, line up uh, to bless America going to war or, you know, uh, any kind of state violence. Uh, it seems like evangelical Christians are are always in support of that. And the question is why? Um, I personally come at Christianity as I see that the 
foundational thing that Jesus teaches us is is self-sacrificial love. Um, and so it's very difficult to reconcile using violence against our enemies with um, offering ourselves self-sacrificially, not just to our friends, but to those who bring violence against us. So hence the title of the Silence of the Lamb. But as I was working on the film um, and interviewing people, we traveled, uh, my son and I actually were the two people who made this film. Um, we worked together as a two-person crew. We, I think, covered about 38 states uh, across America. But as we were doing interviews, the, the issue that kept coming up with the subjects was this problem of nationalism. So why do Christians tend to support violence? Well, there's this conflation between uh, Christianity and the state. And, you know, uh, and so that then leads people to somehow adjust their faith so that it can then serve the interests of the state. And, of course, the state is very interested in manipulating people of faith in order to subvert their religious impulses to whatever it is that the state is trying to achieve. And what we were trying to do in the film is not really say, oh, big bad America, or look at these terrible uh, Christians in America. It's trying to say that what's happening in the United States and other countries is just the most uh, recent manifestation of something that's been going on ever since Christianity formed a partnership with the state. You know, going back to the time of Constantine, when Christianity was, was not only legalized, it was eventually made the official religion of the empire. And so it also, at that point, became a tool of empire. So uh, as David Bentley Hart points out in the film, um, uh, there, there was a, and a, a lot of other people in the film, they point out there's a heavy price to be paid for that partnership. And so Christianity had to change um, its, you know, a lot of its theology to make this partnership work. Now, there were some good things that happened in the Roman Empire as a result of Christianity. Because uh, Christians, you know, they were able to exploit uh, the Pax Romana. They were able to exploit some of the infrastructure of the empire to, uh, you know, help develop health care and sanitation and to try and bring an end to, you know, things like the gladiatorial games and that sort of thing. But by and large, Christianity moves from um, a religion that is where nonviolence is its defining characteristic to one where now Christians are using violence uh, not only in the service of the state, but also against each other. And so what the film looks at is how did that transformation happen and, and how can we help bring the faith back to its roots as something that is um, standing against state violence instead of, of blessing it? Well, you're definitely talking about a history that is familiar to many Adventists. And I think this film is interesting because, well, you have um, a member of the Adventist Forum board, Ken Peterson, and his wife um, as um, a couple of the producers on this film. Um, it goes beyond the usual Adventist understanding of that that kind of Constantinian compromise moment where Adventists use that to talk about um, switching worship days from Saturday to Sunday. Um, and you really go into looking at the kind of political um, implications of that. And what's interesting as well, um, I kind of want to back up and talk about um, uh, how the how you tell the story in the film. But I think one of the great things that your film does is it starts out looking at violence in our culture and in our rhetoric, but then it moves into a really nuanced theological argument about how we understand our um, theology around the atonement. 
So can you talk about that right. really, I think, important? Um, I mean, I feel like this film works could work well in every single kind of theological college program and should be in every seminary to kind of provoke folks to think about their soteriology. Well, that's the kind of thing a filmmaker like like me likes to hear. <laughs> uh, and I hope a lot of those professors are listening. Uh, we actually uh, did a, uh, one of our first big uh, pushes to make people aware of the film took place at the uh, American Academy of Religion um, conference in uh, San Diego in the fall. And so we got to interact with a lot of professors who kind of felt the same way, that this is an important discussion. Hopefully this film can help facilitate that. But yeah, getting back to the atonement, I, you know, I previously, uh, a film I made it was called Hellbound, which looked at, uh, it really asked the question of who is God yeah, and what is the character of God? And so when we examine the question of violence or nonviolence within the Christian faith, we're actually asking the question of, is God violent? And is God the kind of God that would actually use violence against God's self in the form of Christ? Um, uh, or would God use, is God's ultimate answer to violence, eternal violence in the form of separation and possibly torment of people in hell? Is that really who God is? And so that, that causes us asking the question of nonviolence in our own lives or violence. It ultimately circles us back to this question of the atonement because Christianity is founded um, on Jesus who was crucified and, in, and tortured and crucified um, and then um, rose from the dead. So the question is, why did Jesus die? What was the purpose of his death? Um, what did it achieve? Was this something that God initiated? Because, um, you know, uh, according to some atonement theories, we've, uh, even by possibly by the simple fact of being born, we are now have uh, racked up an eternal debt against God through our sin. So, we're unable to pay that debt, so either Jesus has to pay it for us, or we have to pay it forever in hell. So that's you know how some people view the atonement, that it's, it's a, something that God set up that can free us from this debt. And then what the film looks at is alternative views to say, well, perhaps what's happening on the cross is not something God initiates, but it's, it's perhaps something that humans initiate, and Jesus submits himself to it. Uh, Jesus submits himself to our violence in order to free us from our violence. So it's a very different way of looking at things. Um, and so we talk to a lot of people that, that explore that point of view. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad you mentioned your uh, film Hellbound, which did, came out in, what, 2012? Is that around? Is that roughly yeah, the right time? Yeah, that's right, in 2012. Um, I uh, just want to quote from Variety uh, magazine, which... Um, always has a fun way of uh, doing short film reviews um, because it's really an industry publication. But the line here says, right. admirers of nuanced theological discourse, an admittedly small and underserved segment of the movie going public, have a welcome conversation starter at hand in Hellbound. You must have enjoyed seeing that review. Well, you know, it's funny that it, two reviews that really of, of Hellbound that really impressed me was um, there was one on a horror movie website called shockya.com, which actually had a really insightful review of the film. And then Justin Chang's review in Variety, because he actually really engaged the film theologically, which I was shocked because Variety is, you know, it's a, it's a Hollywood industry magazine. And so I didn't expect a reviewer for that publication to, you know, really even be 
dialed into these issues at all. It turns out Justin Chang, I think, is a graduate of Fuller uh, Seminary. Um, I found that out um, after the fact. So, yeah, no, I was quite pleased to see that review. And, I mean, uh, yeah, just to get your film reviewed in variety is one thing, but to have somebody actually seriously engaged with the subject matter was uh, pretty exciting. So, um, it's you know, I think your work, it, it, nuanced, is really, I think, a great way to describe it. And you um, actually have a colorful cast of characters in um, JES USA, um, including um, incredible theologians like David Bentley Hart, Diana Butler Bass, Gregory Boyd, and Adventism's own Sigve Tonsted down there at Loma Linda University. Um can you just talk about what it was like, um, you know, getting these folks to sit down and, and share their thoughts with you? Well, it's always, I mean, this is one of the joys of my job, um, shooting these films, is getting to engage with, you know, some of the brightest minds who are working through these issues. And, uh, you know, some of these people you approach, you're kind of terrified, like David Bentley Hart. I, um, I, I read virtually every book he'd ever written prior to meeting him because I was, you know, you always think about people like David Bentley Hart. They have to put a governor on their brain to slow it down to so they can talk to regular people like me. Yeah. And so you don't want to go into the interview, uh, you know, and have him conclude within a couple of minutes of talking that you're a dummy. And so then he tunes out. Um, so I, I spent a lot of time prior to interviewing these people, reading their books and articles and publications, reading things about them and just really trying to become an expert uh, on what it is that they uh, are focused on. And so um, there's a bit of an intimidation factor. Christopher Hedges was another one that I was kind of worried about um, uh, just because, again, he's just uh, he's a very smart guy and, and kind of uh, possibly maybe prickly to interact with. But, I mean, these people were just all so great. And Sigby, I just had such a fun time uh, interacting with him. He's uh, He's got a great sense of humor. So, yeah, it's um, – it was a lot of fun, and, and I always say, you know, when, when I'm working on a documentary like this or Hellbound, you always think uh, starting out that you know what the film is about or what the subject matter is about, because, uh, you know, I've done all this research and that, but it's really during the interviews and then the processing of those interviews during the editing phase that there's a whole new wave of understanding um, that happens. Um, and so it's uh, it's a tremendous uh educational process for me as a filmmaker and, and i like to think you know if the film doesn't deconstruct me in the process of making it, it pro it's probably not going to do that for the audience um and so i welcome that um that opportunity to learn because of course i have opinions about this topic going in but those opinions really you know are informed and deepened and challenged in the process of making the film and i appreciate you calling it nuanced i sometimes think it's uh it's dense. <laughs> My dad says, you know, I got to watch your movies like two, three times, you know, just to work through the content. Um, and so it, it's tough, like dealing with theological topics in a documentary format. You know, you have this film's about 90 minutes long. Um, that's a lot of time to be focused on a theological issue. But at the same time, you can only really just scratch the surface. So it's um, I'm always trying to walk that line of trying to make this accessible, but also substantial. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes you, you win that battle and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Um, I, I love how you talk about the creative process there and the idea of, you know, as you are constructing a film out of ideas and images and, um, and working there to edit it together, you, uh, you're thinking of the, how that's sort of deconstructing, you know, 
your own idea as a creator. And I'm just curious how you got into making films. Well, I kind of fell into it. Like I, I began as a writer. Um, so I was working in publishing and then I, I got into film, uh, cause I, you know, I really wanted to, I, I kind of initially envisioned myself, you know, working on feature films. My first movie was actually a low budget horror film and I was kind of wanting to get into, you know, more like Hollywood type films. But, um, I got hired, I got invited to consult on this film called Expelled No, Intelli- no Intelligence Allowed, which was a, a film that asked the question of, is intelligent design science or is it religion masquerading as science? And it was a film that involved uh, Ben Stein. It was really eye-opening for me. I'd never really paid much attention to the documentary genre up to that point, never worked on one, but suddenly found myself engaged in a, in a documentary film. And I found I really enjoyed the genre. And, and that film was uh, somewhat successful, so it led to me working on a number of other ones. And I eventually transitioned from just being a writer it's kind of a frustrating place to be on a documentary film as being the writer because you really want to get your hands on the footage because um, that's really where the film comes together is, is in the editing room. So I learned how to edit and eventually, um, you know, went from there to directing, producing. And, you know, on this last film, I was writer, producer, director, and my son and I, we kind of were both dual camera, sound. I mean, you name it, we, we did it on this project. So it was just this progression from, from writing to uh, you know just really wanting to get my hands on the means of production so I can have a lot of control over how the product turns out. Well, that's great. Well, um, wrapping up here, I just want to mention that um, we screened JES USA for our recent Adventist Forum conference just a couple of months ago, and we popped popcorn for it, and we had a... <laughs> uh, Great time, both watching it, laughing uh, together, and then uh, we ended up with a pretty lengthy discussion afterward, um, probably about an hour or so, where folks were talking wow. about this. And um, for folks who are, you know, um, in the Adventist world, um, there's a, a lot of fans of a person named Graham Maxwell who kind of tried to explore this idea of kind of a moral influence theory of the atonement, among others. And um, so if there's folks out there listening to this who um, like Graham Maxwell, I think that they would enjoy this film. But really, um, if you care about um, just thinking about your faith in a, in a nuanced way, to reference that again, I think this film does that. Um, in these uh, times where everyone's self-quarantining, it's a great opportunity to watch something at home and where can folks, I know you have a website out there. Um, where can, how, how can folks, uh, watch this right away? Yeah, great. I'm glad you asked that. So, uh, they can go to our website, jesusafilm.com, uh, or they can go to, uh, just do a search for, uh, Vimeo, uh, Vimeo on demand, jesusa. But yeah, our website, we have a link, a direct link on our website, jesusafilm.com. And you can uh, rent or buy the film. It's only five bucks to rent, ten bucks to buy. You can, if you buy it, you can download it, own it forever. Uh, if you rent it, you can stream it. But we want to make it cheap because um, you know we just want to get this film out to as many people as possible. Um, you know, just to get get people talking and thinking about these issues because I think it's really important. Um, and you know, the other thing too I wanted to mention is that uh, we were just determined in this film, and we had a lot of. Uh, we'll say, uh, enthusiastic discussions in the editing phase um, in terms of keeping this film 
as bipartisan as possible. Like we're not going after the Republicans or the Democrats or anything like that. We're uh, or conservatives or liberals because you know I don't think anybody's got the corner on violence or nonviolence. Um, and uh, so uh, I think that you know no matter what political stripe you come from, uh, hopefully you'll find that this film you know engages you and, and shows respect to uh, where you happen to fall on the political spectrum. Absolutely. Well. Kevin, it's been great talking with you, and I wish you the best. Thanks a lot for making great. this film. Well, thank you. I appreciate the chance to talk about it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear.